Hey there, Freedom Jumpers, and welcome to the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we take our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. I am your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to episode 25. If our podcast were a driver, we'd get a nice discount on our auto insurance as of this point in the life cycle. So we made it 25 episodes and this episode in particular, I am very interested in because I finally get to introduce you guys to a couple of people that are very important for my success as an agency owner. Uh, I'm talking about Roe and Don Polzinski. They are the owners of RD Advisory Group, otherwise known to many of us as Agency CFO. I have referenced them quite a few times uh, anonymously, and in this episode, we get to talk with them on a variety of very relevant and useful subjects in uh, the finance, the accounting, the strategic planning side of running an agency. I have really enjoyed my time working uh, with Don and Roe. They have been uh, mission critical for a lot of the success that we have been able to put to our bottom line this year with RiskWell. And I'm very excited uh, to bring this conversation to you. Uh, I was absolutely clueless about finance and accounting as recently as Q1 of this year. And Don and Roe have gone a long way towards uh, helping me um, get up to speed, really. Uh, This was an area that was a big vulnerability uh, for me as a business owner, as the executive, the decision maker. And I think it's also that way for a lot of people in the captive uh, side of the industry because, you know, these carriers don't ever really teach us how to be business owners. We're just insurance agents and producers to them. So here we go. Uh, We're going to jump right into the episode in just a moment. Uh, I have the same three requests that I always do. Please subscribe to Agency Freedom Podcast on whatever platform you are listening to. Drop us a review if you like what you hear. Most importantly, share this podcast with someone in the captive world because they probably need it more than you do if they're still on that side of the fence. Thanks, as always, for your support. Uh, It's been really humbling to see uh, what has happened in just a few short months. Uh, We are uh, crossing over 4,000 monthly downloads this month, uh, and that is not something that I expected, for sure. So thanks for your support, as always. Uh, Look forward to connecting with you guys uh, at our uh, inbox podcast at riskwell.com. Reach out to me for anything there, podcast at riskwell.com. And please enjoy episode 25 with Don and Roe Polzinski from RD Advisory Group. Let's go. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry. Those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. There is so much I wish I would have known before I made the freedom jump to the independent side. I mean, even now, I feel like I'm learning something new every single month. We're all about helping insurance agency owners and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. My team and I replaced six years of captive agency revenue in 17 months with RiskWell. 17 months, man. It's crazy. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and what I've learned along the way. We lay out a blueprint of how to make your freedom jump 
from captive to indie to market domination. I'm bringing you colleagues from markets across the country with dozens of different specialties. They're eager to share their stories and best practices with you. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. All right, everybody, I'm here, and this is just a really fun conversation I get to have with people that have kind of become work friends of mine. Um, thank you for joining us on Agency Freedom Podcast. I'm here with Don and Ro. I always butcher your last name. <laughs> Polzinski, is, I think, is the right way to say it. Absolutely um, perfect. Okay, Polzinski. <laughs> and I feel like I, I should be corrected, but uh, you guys are gracious enough to not correct me. So, uh, Don and Roe and their team are uh, RD Advisory Group, specifically their trade name for their main program, many of you may have heard of, is the Agency CFO Program. I have mentioned them anonymously several times over a few different episodes because I know that they are in the middle of expanding their team and I didn't want to give them a rush with all of you crazy people reaching out to them and saying, hey, I need help. I need a CFO. Can you guys be my CFO? Because uh, I've spoken very highly of them. Obviously, I think the world of them, uh, they have been tremendous value for RiskWell, for my office. They've taken a lot of, of burden, of stress, really. My lack of financial knowledge has been a hindrance, as we've discussed in previous episodes. Uh, Don and Roe, I invited them uh, to to share their perspective on what they think of Freedom Jumpers, uh, current and future, need to know. Uh, so please help me welcome them. Thanks, you guys, for being here today. Thank you so much for having us, James. We do consider you a dear friend, and uh, we've been looking forward to this. Absolutely, James. Thank you so much. No, this is great. Uh, so the, if you're expecting this is some sort of infomercial for the next 40 minutes, well, I have good news for you. It's a lot more <laughs> interesting than that. Uh, this is not going to be some sort of commercial or pitch fest. Uh, Don and Ro and I are going to dig all the way into uh, some of the nitty gritty stuff. Uh, I found it really interesting when I look at the episode statistics of our 22 episodes that have been released, the number one episode of uh, all of the intro episodes, the first seven of everything that we talked about, legal and regulatory, was by far the heaviest download because I have to guess most people are self-conscious about their lack of knowledge in those areas and they realize that that's a threat to their business. I think if we're being honest as, as agency owners, as business owners, we all should probably say the same about our financial literacy, about our accounting uh, knowledge. And some people have MBA after their name. So if that's you, <laughs> if you are in the small percentage of people that say, well, actually I have a very good understanding of this. Thank you, James, you offensive so-and-so. Uh, well, in that case, it doesn't apply to you. But if you're like me and you recognize, oh man, I don't even know what I don't know. So I better listen up. Uh, this episode is for you, my friends. So yes, um, let's uh, let's jump right in to just a quick little intro. Don and Ro, uh, how in the world did you guys get to be where you are now, <laughs> running a financial advisory firm, uh, an accounting, an outsourced fractional CFO, whatever you want to call it? How did you guys get to where you are at this point, and why in the world are you working with a basket full of knuckleheads 
uh, in the independent agency channel because you got to have an easier way to make your money. I know that. So, who are you? What do you do? And more importantly, why do you keep doing it? First and foremost, because we're blessed. You know, God has really blessed us in our lives and we are married. We've been married for 20 years. We met at work. And along the way, we've written a book on personal leadership. We've pushed our careers. And it really started with you, Don, in terms of the insurance realm. (laughs) Funny enough, I have a degree in actuarial science. So I thought I would be working for an insurance carrier one day. Hmm. And I really decided to take a different path. And uh, along the lines many years ago, so closing now at 20 years ago, I happened to join a very progressive insurance agency, a large independent insurance agency where I was hired as their controller and became their CFO. And I learned the hard way all of the elements, the financial elements that make up an insurance agency. I was a student of the industry because there was no one place I could turn to to gain this knowledge. I learned it the hard way. I worked with some of the best consultants across the country, and I assembled a vast knowledge, became an expert in independent insurance agency finances. Hmm. And it was a large agency. So it was a large established firm. And you went in as a controller and within probably a year or so, you were chief financial officer. And along the way, he'd go to the conferences and I would tag along. And James, this will probably make you smile. I am an MBA. So I would would soak up all the knowledge I possibly could. And people didn't realize we were married because I was speaking the language. And the insurance agency world, as we know, has its own particular language. Yeah. We have acronyms for the acronyms. (laughs) So, Yeah. And I would, I would imagine from an MBA, from a controller, from a CFO, there is an allure potentially for being involved in an industry that from a financial model, from an accounting model, when we consider the different sources of revenue from commissions, from premium, from broker fees, when you look at written premium versus earned premium, when you look at the chargebacks, when you look at, at payroll for people producers and CSRs and other, you know, fully salaried people, there's a lot of weird, weird things that happen in the insurance industry that simply don't happen in other industries. Absolutely. So, that was uh, is very- that part of the attraction for you guys? Well, it is in a way. It is because when he was CFO through a mentor, your career coach, actually, it was a very progressive agency. They had another client who needed a CFO insurance in, independent insurance agency. So Don actually took on that hat and that was his beta test of being a virtual fractional CFO. And it works so well. You tell the rest of the story. Well, the fact is we are very passionate about insurance agency finances and we wanted to do it full time. Mm-hmm. So I, hmm. I left the agency that I worked for for 14 years and, and the owner said, well, why don't you go out and do this for other agencies? They need you and we'll be your client. And I said, deal. And I already had RD advisory group figuring someday when he retired, he'd be a consultant, do leadership mm-hmm. consulting with me, support the book we wrote. And he just uh, claimed it a little earlier. 
And it just really, really worked out. It took off. The, his former employer is still our client to to this day. We're still well, integrated. That speaks to the quality of the <laughs> operation. It really does because there's such a good opportunity for bad blood to form when mm-hmm. you know professional partnerships uh, run their course and separation occurs. Uh, so I have to say that that's, that is a validation. That is an endorsement of what you guys are delivering to the marketplace all by itself, uh, aside from all your other clients. Let, let me address the, uh, the question because it is about the insurance world. Uh, when I stepped into that role, even with an MBA. Because he's one too. <laughs> it, believe me, it, I hit How a big How did you guys know this in eight months of working with you guys? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I should have known you were both NBAs. Well, of course you, you are. You know, we don't go around saying we use the little letters. We worked hard. We earned them, but yeah. we're humans. You know, well, we- James, I hope you know I'm an NBA. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really seem like your style. But- yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> I step into an insurance agency for the first time as their controller. And just what you said, James, about all those acronyms, I was lost. What is agency bill versus direct bill? What is all of this stuff? You know, agency management systems and premiums and chargebacks and the contingency and all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world of insurance is uniquely its own. Yeah. And that is why as virtual fractional CFOs, we only serve the independent insurance agency space. We're not yeah. CFOs for any other industry. And honestly, that was one of the biggest attractions for me when I just got to the end of a real challenge uh, when we had to fire a CPA. And the main reason we fired them was their lack of uh, illiteracy when it came to the nuances of the insurance world. My CPA was asking me questions that they should not be asking me if they had a good understanding. So, I mean, at that point, I'm sitting there going, whole crap, I've got a real problem on my hands. And I had a CPA. I had a bookkeeper at the time, a a really good bookkeeper. She's the nicest lady. She just did not have a clue how to be a bookkeeper for an independent insurance agency, especially one, let's be fair, Riskwell is an odd duck, as we've already (laughs) talked about in previous episodes. We are are weird. Uh, It's one of the reasons why we left Better Agency, and we're still on great terms. Uh, still on great terms uh, with BA, but Nick Ayers, the the CMO at Better Agency, told me flatly, James, you're not our ideal client. We are not going to shape our platform to serve agents like you. You are simply on the fringe and you're never going to be a middle of the road agent. And, And I really appreciate the candor, but that's part of what drove me to you guys in the first place was the fact that you are an absolute specialist at working with just and only with independent insurance agencies. So uh, at the risk of sounding like I'm an absolute fanboy and just evangelizing for you guys, um, spoiler alert, I kind of am to an extent. Um, <laughs> Feelings yeah, mutual. The, the people listening uh, to, to this episode, uh, they're going to be asking themselves, now what kind of advice am I getting? Do I have a CFO? And there may be, you know, some people for entertainment value. I don't know if I have much to teach, you know, the Hal Sodens and David Carruthers of the world that are very well established that already have in-house CFO type of positions because their agency is large enough to support such a position. But obviously those folks are very much a minority. 
the the overwhelming number of people, uh, percentage I should say, listening to this episode probably don't have anything in place of of a CFO type of role. So uh, I'd love to transition a little bit uh, into discussing what are some of the major pitfalls uh, that agents should be aware of uh, if they are still doing this themselves, if they are acting as their own de facto CFO as the agency principal. Uh, what, what are some threats and, and, and things you want people to be aware of? Absolutely. So first, I want to quantify CFO as a whole. We come at it from a very holistic approach. It is not just bookkeeping what we call tactical numbers. Don is a strategic financial guru, and he has all these incredible insights. I come at it from a very human perspective. You know, James, you and I have talked about good situations in your office in terms of your organizational chart and where where are you going to go with what roles to fill. And then we have Kayla who does the growth side. So we tie back to the financial, but that's the one thing first and foremost, when you say CFO in a large agency, probably north of 15 million in revenue, we only speak revenue. So if you hear us talk numbers, it's revenue based because according to Don, you can only spend real commission dollars. <laughs> you can't spend premium dollars. So we come at it. If you were if you were a $15 million agency and you had a CFO, they would be on the leadership team. They would char- probably be in charge of HR and you were even sales manager. So we come at it first and foremost, the perspective of that whole picture, not just the bookkeeping numbers. Absolutely. I'm going to throw something out that's going to probably surprise the listeners today. If you are a startup agency or maybe you're a one or two or three person agency, your finances are not very different from that of a $15 million revenue agency. It is amazing that the the exact issues that a, a very large agency has, you also have. So give an example. A lot of people are going to find that hard to believe. I'm going to be yeah, real. It's amazing. You know, we have that range of small agency up to north of 10 million. We have several in that category that we work with. You know, that and when we, we build, have similar conversations. When we build a financial budget model, the same exact financials uh, or elements are the, the elements don't change over the, over agency size. So what we have is revenue, whether it be personal lines, commercial lines, you have the same revenue, maybe you're earning bonus or contingency. So, so the revenue streams are the same, a lot smaller as a startup, <laughs> but it's the same exact uh, revenue stream. Your expense structure, you've got payroll. Payroll is always the number one expense. You have the same types of expenses, whether you are a startup or you're a $10 million or $15 million agency, uh, the expense categories are exactly the same. It is an amazing thing that the issues that a small agency faces financially are almost identical uh, to this to a large agency. The f- philosophical issues are absolutely the same. The differences come in the big the big ones go. It's acquisitions. We have deep conversations, or the big gun producers, or you know that growth of departments. But for the most part, 
managing a contingency bonus to to normalize it over the course of a year so your cash flow isn't in a, isn't skewed that's conversations we have with agencies of all sizes so I think you find that interesting because uh, it's interesting to me uh, that when we work with a small agency, it's not different than working with a very large agency. It, it is amazingly, so it, it is amazing how similar. So the issues are the same. Now, what another thing that an agency may not realize and where we come in is you talk about your CPA. Does never every agency need a CPA? Most likely. James, you had one? I had one. And they have a purpose. They serve a purpose. It was more of a transactional CPA rather than an advisory CPA. Um, Almost all of them are. Yeah, and I don't see a lot of value in a transactional vendor because uh, if it is a box checker, if it is a paper pusher, uh, technology has gotten so good these days where those kinds of vendors find themselves to be moved into obsolescence a lot faster than an advisory vendor. Uh, when we think about machine learning, when we think about AI, when we think about the the buckets and mountains of data being collected by insurance carriers, by third party, you know, consultants, actuarial science, there's your degree right there. <laughs> when, when we think about all of the data being compiled, and I mean, the term predictive analytics has become so sexy, like everybody and their mom is talking about analytics and data and what are we going to do with all this data, 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 blah, blah, blah. All of that stuff should scare the crap out of the transactional vendors who are doing nothing more than pushing paper or selling a product. Because I'm telling you, QBI, quote, bind issue where the, the insured does the whole process by themselves five years from now is going to have probably 300% the market share that it does right now. The number of people that care to even talk to an agent at any point in the sales process is going to be a lot smaller five years from now. So whether it's a CPA or bookkeeper or even an insurance practitioner, if we're not finding some way, as you guys have done a great job of, uh, that my last CPA uh, did not. And my current CPA has done a good job of answering questions when they're posed. When I've reached out and said, hey, I need advice with such and such, uh, the response from her team has been great. And you guys made a good recommendation there. Obviously, the advice that you guys give, knock, knock, RD advisory group. <laughs> it's not RD paper pushing group because uh, there's not really any value in that. I, I think succinctly, just to say, I personally don't see any value in a paper pushing, you know, transactional vendor. Uh, I'm just, yes, on one hand, I definitely want to make sure I'm engaging in the highest and best use of my time as the executive at our office. But at the same time, I also recognize the fact that if I'm going to pay someone four or $500 to do something that I can easily do myself in an hour or two, why am I paying that person? Now, if it's an advice sort of thing, no, no, I am not even going to try to be my own advisor. Uh, when a, and not without making any sort of political statement of any kind, I just thought it was hysterical. Uh, when Donald Trump at one point in the last couple of years, I don't know where, exactly where the interview was. I saw it on YouTube when he was asked by a reporter uh, who he considers to be his best advisors. And he said, and I quote, direct quote from the man's mouth, this is not a political statement. Well, I think I'm a really good advisor for myself. I am my own best advisor most of the time. Uh, I'm paraphrasing that part, but he said, 
basically, I am my own advisor. And I'm thinking, boy, that's an interesting statement. It really is. So when we as business owners attempt to serve as our own advisors, whew, man, that is a dangerous place to be. Because then the blinders really become a factor. And the whole you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. This whole, hey, I'm going to Google it and ask on Facebook, have you checked the credentials of your Facebook circle? Do you know if you should be even listening to their advice? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't feel very comfortable asking technical or analytical or very important questions on social media because, I mean, for God's sake, like, how are you going to filter the bad advice from the good? <laughs> I know that was a big rabbit trail. Sorry. No, it, it, the, the, the point being, the advisory side of what you guys do could not be more important. And that's the strategic gap. We always talk about you're going to need your CPA to do your taxes. Uh, if you do mergers and acquisitions, some of that due diligence and all of that. The re we don't do that. We don't do HR law. We Every state is unique in their tax code and their HR law code and all of that. We focus on that middle ground of the strategic. So if you have your tactical bookkeeper doing your day-to-day, posting payments, you know, whatever they need to do on that day-to-day -day processing transactions, and you have what we call your universal, your CPA, who handles that government stuff, who is giving you that strategic advice? And you're absolutely right, James. Where are their credentials? You know, we have a 20-year just his mind is amazing. And I'm not saying that because he's my husband and partner, but truly I listen to him and I've learned so much that I speak the finance world. And even mm. though that's not my forte or not my, my natural tendencies, you just absorb from him. Well, I certainly have. And I think at this point I have very well documented my lack of financial literacy and my, uh, you know, vulnerabilities as it comes to trying to make those sort of strategic planning and budgeting and forecasting and, and CFO type of decisions for myself. Uh, I've stepped in that mud puddle more times than I care to, to admit <laughs> in the last five years. And uh, I do not fault owners. Yeah. There is something very interesting within the insurance industry. There is no place for the agency owner to learn how to become their own CFO within an insurance agency. Yes, you could take general financial courses, but there is no specific training to learn how to be an insurance agency CFO. That's a problem. And when we think about the listener base you have, James, and they're in that captive world, one of the first things we would say as you start to transition or think about transitioning out is learn the financial side. You can do it. There's obviously many, many, many success stories in this. Sure. Yourself included. I, I would argue against what you just said simply because it comes back to highest and best use of time. And especially if you're in growth mode, which if, if you're listening to this and you haven't yet made your freedom jump or you're in the early stages, the first few years of your IA journey, if you are doing anything other than talking to people, selling stuff and coaching and mentoring whatever team you have, if you have a team, I would say you're, you're doing the wrong activity. Uh, prospecting and closing 
and figuring out systems and processes for how to be more efficient in the workflows in your office, my gosh, if you're sitting there doing your own budgeting, your own strategic planning, your own forecasting, I mean, how much are you missing in, in opportunity cost, in indirect cost? It doesn't show up on the balance sheet. And that's really, honestly, the scary part. Because when we talk about total cost of risk, we look at the equation that we all talk about in the, in the commercial side of things, in the middle market side of things with our clients. What's the biggest line item in total cost of risk? And the hardest to quantify, it's the indirect cost. So when someone is trying to do it themselves, I mean, how are you going to answer the question of how much is that activity costing you? Because too many times people think about, oh, how much am I going to pay this vendor? Well, um, spoiler alert, the standard charge for what RD Advisor Group charges begins at $1,500 a month. It begins at that point and goes up from there based on how big your agency is. But I promise you, if you're thinking in terms of cost with a group like RD Advisor or any other vendor, Man, you are just missing the boat and you're you're dealing with a red ocean, a scarcity mentality that whew, you're going to have some problems, brother, if that's how you're making decisions. I just don't want people to be afraid to make that leap because they don't have that financial backing that they might have from their captive. That is a great point. That's where my that's where I'm coming from. Now we are and this is not an infomercial. We are launching an executive academy to help smaller agencies, uh, those freedom jumpers, learn what we do. So Which that I this think way, is just wonderful, honestly. They're a part of it. We don't want to leave anyone behind. That's not our mission. It's absolutely a shame that there is no place that in, uh, agency owners can go to learn these financial concepts. We are looking to correct that. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're right, James, they have better things to focus on. So we're going to cut that learning curve so they can put their time where it needs to be, but still have the resources at hand to be the success that they deserve and that they're looking for. Now, you guys have told me and the I'll probably get a, an irritated email later for dropping pricing on a national podcast, we don't, we don't, but you guys are us. very... You guys are very particular in that you are looking for agencies that are 1.5 million in revenue or higher simply because that you know that kind of office is going to have lots of problems that you can help with from day one. Obviously, as I have disclosed openly here, we're not even close to a million five in revenue. Uh, if we do what I expect we'll do, uh, we'll end this year a little more than 600. Uh, we'll end next year a little more than 1.1 probably. Uh, but for our perspective, for the Freedom Jumpers watching this that are going, I've been a captive agent for a decade and I'm not anywhere close to a million five in revenue. Uh, or you know, maybe they're looking at it from another direction and going, I don't know if this even applies to me. Uh, what do you say to the smaller agent, maybe someone that doesn't have a lot of staff, maybe someone that, that is running a, a fairly straightforward uh, captive agency right now trying to figure out how they make the jump or someone who's already made their freedom jump and is running a, a pretty straightforward, maybe majority person alliance uh, agency with a small amount of staff, pretty straightforward from a bookkeeping accounting perspective. What sort of, of dangers and challenges do you want that smaller more middle of the road, you know, inside the box agency, because, you know, it's a stereotype for a reason. Most of the people listening to this uh, podcast are inside of the box agencies. 
the box exists for a reason. The statistics mm-hmm. tell us that most agencies are majority personal lines. Most agencies have no more than two staff. Most agencies, uh, the the principal is actively involved in day-to-day operations throughout the entire chain of, of the org chart. So for that kind of office, uh, what say you? When we brought you on, and we do, if you remember, we, we want to make sure anybody who joins our true agency CFO program is a fit because we really want to serve well, above all. If you're fast growing, such as James, with tremendous opportunity and have that plan, absolutely, you're going to be a part of our agency CFO full program. We're going to make it work. If you're growing and you you want us, that's why we're developing the academy. If you're if you're in that box, so to speak, we've coined the term mid agency mindset. And we see this small agencies, one or two or five. You've got to have that mindset of how does a mid-size agency run? What does the organization look like? What does their chart of accounts? You you speak to the Absolutely. financial. Absolutely. Uh, if you ignore what a mid-agency is, you will forever be a very, very small agency. And when you when you are just starting out and you're one or two people, there's a lot of risk, uh, financial risk, because you don't have the size and scope to weather much of a storm. So it's a very dangerous period. And when you, maybe you're the most vulnerable. And uh, essentially that's when you most need financial strategic guidance is when you are most vulnerable. So I would say first and foremost, one of the biggest issues we see is cash flow, Especially at that size. Especially at that size. So. Uh, know how much is in your trust account. When that those bonus revenue contingency checks come in, watch how you spend them throughout the year. People go on a spending spree like, ooh, free money. And they're your favorite dollars. Oh, yes. Uh, contingency dollars are important. How do we maximize that? But also, how do we properly account for it? And spread it throughout the year. So you almost budget if you get 10 let's say $12,000 of contingency money, use a thousand a month. For those small startups or the, the freedom jumpers, carefully plan how you're using your resources. And on the human side of this, and I had this conversation this morning, watch putting names to your organizational chart. Because we are dedicated to our employees, we love our employees, but is it a square peg ground hole? You know, and that's straight out of the um, the traction, the EOS playbook, uh, right yeah. people, right seats, the yeah. GWC, they have the get it, want it, have the capacity to get it done. Uh, right people, right seats on the bus is, man, that's traction 101. It is. So, the, the moment that we swapped the names on the org chart for the title on the org <laughs> chart and made decisions based on the role rather than the human who filled that role, um, then I'm, yeah, it was just a completely different ballgame at that point. It is. It doesn't mean that we're not loyal and it doesn't mean that we don't appreciate those who got us to where we are, but we have in, in, putting them in the right seat or helping them move on to the next level, setting them free. And I'm going to share a personal story about that. We're actually serving them. 
So we have an accounting assistant who, full disclosure, is our nephew. And he's been with <laughs> us a year now. Uh, graduated college in the midst of COVID. We're in New York State, so we were completely shut down. He needed a job. We needed help. He joined us. Accounting is not his thing, but... But insurance is. Yeah. And he has a, a sales talent, and he should utilize. That's a that's a gift. So we are setting, He was actually selling boats before he came to so us. So we are setting him free to chart a course to be join an insurance agency in, in much more in a sales capacity that fits his unique skill sets. We paid for his licensing. He's taken the test. He just passed it like two weeks ago. And um, post IAOA, he's going to stay with us to get us through that busy time. He will be moving on to join an agency and uh, hopefully growing as a great producer somewhere. So we know that we needed him at the time, but now it's time to set him free. We're serving him well by doing this. No, and, and that really is a completely different conversation that we don't have time for today, you know, releasing a person from a role because they are not the right person in the right seat, especially if there's personal attachment, if they're a friend of yours or a family member, God help you if you hired a family member, that's an entirely different conversation. Uh, somebody needs to get bonked on the head uh, out there in our listener land, you know, <laughs> because you hired we your cousin, your cousin, your brother-in-law or, or whatever. Uh, but as you said, it is a blessing to them, that person. Yeah. Uh, th there, there is, um, there's a lot to be said for being where you're supposed to be. And if we allow people to be mediocre, then we're not doing them any favors anymore than we're doing our office any favors. But I, I chop that squirrel because, man, <laughs> that is that is a whole different conversation. <laughs> anytime, uh, James. Where anytime we are. you want to get into that one. <laughs> oh man, do you have some opinions on that one, bro? <laughs> Just uh, a I think you might have a couple, you know, two <laughs> you or know three thousand. Well enough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as we, I tried to keep this one a manageable size because I know there's a lot of really heavy, big unpacking sort of of topics that we get into. I'm talking to a CFO here. Uh, we we are um, about thirty minutes, thirty four minutes into this. So this is actually for my editors. This is a great place to drop that uh, commercial. So let's do that real quick, and we'll come right back and finish up this great conversation. Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, a nationwide brokerage solutions. They understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. All right. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. Please check them out. We definitely uh, want to see that um, 
see those people get their money's worth because uh, most of them I am using in my office. Uh, so thank <laughs> you for that, sponsors. We appreciate you. Um, you guys got uh, uh, you know ten or twelve minutes of content left. Uh, what direction do you want to take it in? Because uh, we we've talked about some threats. We've talked about you know smaller offices. Um, is there anything that you uh, want the the listening audience to be aware of when it comes to you know getting your house in order? Uh, questions that they should be asking a fractional CFO that they are considering doing business with because. Obviously, there's other shops out there that uh, that people are working with that may or may not be specialized uh, at serving the independent uh, insurance agency channel. Uh, it really, I'm just spitballing at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Anything that you guys wanted to talk about from a uh, please be aware of this perspective. So Don has the big five that he always reverts back to. So if you're talking to a fractional CFO or interviewing someone for your office or even considering joining a mastermind or finding a mentor, give us your big five. Yeah, and this it really encompasses any and every agency. There are five points of clarity that every agency owner must have to be successful. In their finances. First one, revenue understanding your own earned revenue. Sounds is simple, fee and commission, contingency, anything else, but we need to understand revenue. Rent, fees, whatever it is. And this is a part of the income statement. Absolutely. So, so the, know your income statement. Second half of the income statement is your expenses, and that leads us ultimately to profitability. But there's more than just what's profitability. There's profitability without our any bonus money or contingency. Then our second level of profitability is uh, profitability with our contingency. And third is EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. That's a that's a CFO term if ever there was one. What, right, James? <laughs> you know, EBITDA makes you sound like you know what you're talking about. There you go. <laughs> you know, insurance agents love their acronyms. But I'm telling you, outside of the insurance world, EBITDA is one of the kingpin acronyms. When you talk about valuation, when you talk about the actual equity, the the wealth being created inside of a business, uh, EBITDA is, I mean, it's absolutely essential to have your head wrapped around. And so often misunderstood. Yeah. I mean, it, it took me a few several conversations, you know, going from just basic bookkeeping and balance sheet and P&L to income statement to cash flow to, you know, understanding the basic components of EBITDA, uh, net operating income, other industries refer to it as NOI in the real estate world. You know, it goes by several names, uh, but understanding your revenue, because I, I have beat the horse dead. It is dead <laughs> several times at this point. But the captive channel, the carriers don't want you thinking about revenue. Correct. They don't want you thinking about anything other than written premium and qualifying for your next incentive trip. Because the moment you peek your head over the fence and realize that the guy on the other side, the girl on the other side, is tracking revenue and tracking profit. What a weird concept. Uh, I mean, as has been said by a lot of people, it's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep, how much is left at the end of the month after you've paid all the bills and paid your team and paid yourself, do you have anything left over? So, I mean, that is an absolute epidemic, not just 
in the captive world, but man, the captives are categorically a lot worse uh, about that just lack of understanding because the carrier never talks about it. Uh, they typically don't have consultants that are other than carrier employed consultants uh, that are mm-hmm. telling them about these things. No one is ever there to take the blinders off of their eyes. Uh, so, uh, sorry, I grabbed the microphone no, from you when no, you said EBITDA because I, I realized I how important it, was- it is because a lot of people go, well, I'm not even sure what EBITDA is, much less mm-hmm. how it applies to my agency. So, what can someone do if they are in a position like I was? And maybe they don't have the growth uh, to to justify uh, spending uh, four figures a month on a, a high quality advisor. Obviously, you've got this program coming out that that's more designed for the entry level uh, agent, uh, the smaller operation, the more inside the box operation that uh, maybe can't justify that right. large of an investment, but they recognize, whew, I got to do something here. And uh, that's tell be me a more cohort. about this university program. Yeah, the, thank you. Uh, it's going to be a cohort foundational program. So we're going to set up our first cohort to start probably the beginning of January, but if we get enough, we're going to start it right at the end of December and jump right in where you're going to have mentors. So twice a month, we'll have calls, group calls. We're going to release a tool, teach them about it. So whether it's their chart of accounts they should set up, best practices, their financial plan, and then we're going to do open office hours that they can communicate with us to with any questions. By doing it in this format and then giving some consultations along the way one-on-one, we're trying to reach the masses and help because so many, we see it. I do this in premium. You can't spend premium. You sound big, but really you can't spend it. So let's focus you on Don's five, the other two. Uh, So we talked about first one is revenue. Second one is profitability. Third one that will lead us to cash flow. Yeah. We so often get the question is I got 50,000 in the bank. Can I take it out? Well, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, what do you need to, to pay your carriers? Four and five. Fourth one is new business generation. Understand that, yes, you're going to write premium, but how much money does that actually equate to revenue? And when is the carrier going to pay you? Do they pay you up front? Is it agency bill? How are we going to account for that? Uh, maybe it's paid by the carrier as earned. Big difference. And lastly, retention. Mm-hmm. It, once we grow a significant uh, book of business, retention really becomes an issue and the agency management systems don't track it well. Business leaves us out the back door. Sometimes we don't even know. So James, where you work with us one-on-one, we have a couple calls a month. We do the work with you. We look at your numbers in depth. This is more of they're going to have access to us, but in that measured, controlled, so they can control their costs and they're not going without. No one should go without. If I had to wrap it up You said it was what, a a two-year cohort? You were planning on a 24-month program? That's what it's designed to be? At least 24 months. And then hopefully they'll grow and graduate to be a full agency CFO member. Or we'll we'll see where it goes. There could even be a potential three-year. There are so many topics to cover that uh, we're going to start it as a year. The option to go to year two, option to go to year three, or even become a CFO client. No, that's great. Can you recap those five real quick, Don? 
Certainly. Just, just shoot first them off one, real quick. First one is revenue. Second, profitability. Three measures of profitability. Third, understanding cash flow. Fourth, written new business. And fifth, client retention. All of which will be covered in the academy. And those will be some of the first five things our academy participants will learn about will be those key five. And they'll learn how to measure those. Love that. So the those key five, I mean, aside from the, the basic stuff that you just talked about, I think the advisory side of things, I want to give two very specific examples so people know what I mean when I'm talking about advisory. It's not just helping someone like myself who has uh, a lot of success in sales and marketing, uh, who knows how to prospect, who, who has good uh, strategy on you know, attracting good people and building you know, culture. There's some things that Reskill does a very good job at. There are other things that I am completely unequipped and incapable of delivering for my team. Uh, strategic planning, uh, budgeting, uh, making those tactical decisions that are based on you know bigger picture stuff. Two very important examples. The org chart, for instance. <laughs> a- answering the question of who should I hire next? What role on my team is our greatest need? What do we need to do to help get over that hump? Because somewhere between five and 700,000 in revenue, there's a really big hump that yes. a lot of people frankly never get past you know they they start to enjoy playing golf on friday afternoons and <laughs> their wife has a nice bmw or husband for you boss babes out there uh, you know they reach a certain level of success and somewhere along the way stop trying so hard uh, obviously we don't want that to happen uh, so having those strategic conversations with uh, a group like agency cfo of who do I need to hire next? Who is the next best hire? What is the 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 thing that needs to happen for my office to get to that next plateau and then through it? And, and the second one is a great problem to have. <laughs> I have extra capital. What should I do with it? Do I invest in technology? Do I hire an, a VA? Do I you know, invest in benefits for my team to become more attractive to higher caliber talent for your office? You know, do you set it aside for future uh, real estate purchases or in some way, you know, future capital reserves? You know, answering that question of what do I do with this extra money? I don't know how to do that in the right way because my first thought is, can I spend this on myself? Because <laughs> there's always that, that pull. A lot. <laughs> there is the heart. And it, really, from a personal yeah. discipline standpoint, when every dollar comes out of the same bucket, and I've had that transparency uh, with my team, I've, I've had that conversation of, guys, I'm going to do everything I can to help you have the best life that you can as long as you're on my team. And just being transparent with some of those challenges of, mm-hmm. hey, here's the deal. It all comes out of the same bucket. Every dollar that I spend on this company is a dollar that's not available to me to spend on my family as the owner of the company. And some people would be freaked out by that level of transparency, but getting the team to start, at least in some way, appreciating a little bit of the challenge of running the organization, I think it gives them a greater appreciation for uh, how important their role is 
inside of the organization. It, it helps them see their compensation, their personal income within the context of the organization as a whole, which if done correctly, in my opinion, creates buy-in. It creates greater loyalty because they start to see themselves as something big, you know, part of something bigger than themselves. Uh, you know, my team can hear me right now because we have a <laughs> relatively small office. So they might be rolling their eyes. Uh, I, I don't think they are. Uh, but those two examples, who do I hire next? And what should I do with this extra that I have? Those are the sort of things you have to have someone speaking into uh, from outside of your office, from outside of your spouse or your team. Because what's the team going to say? Um, can we get, uh, you know, uh, an air fryer for the kitchen? Can we get a hammock to put somewhere <laughs> in the office? As someone actually asked me, Addy, uh, Addy on my team is basically jonesing for a hammock for the new office that we're about to be in. She's, she's been like lobbying for a hammock to be somewhere in that office. So you uh, set the good sales goal and if she reaches it, she gets her hammock. Yeah, exactly. We already had that conversation for sure. <laughs> so, uh, James, what uh, I want to speak to is the one thing we haven't mentioned in all of this. Don and I are small business owners. Yeah. We come at everything because we face it on a daily basis. And every tool that we use with you and anyone who works with us, we actually use on ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, we actually do. You mean you drink your own concoction? We, we absolutely. Do. We, we are, do. We test. We are the test dummies. We, yeah. we, we use it all the time. And we have those same late night conversations that you might have with your wife or when you're at a mastermind group you're talking about. We have those with our agency owners. We asked you, we previewed the academy to you and said, what do you think? Give us your insights. Because when you're in the end, we're all small business owners. Even if you're a 10 or $15 million agency, you're not going to be over 250 employees or over 500 employees. You're still a small business. And that's where in the end, that's where we come from. And perhaps that's surprising to the audience today that we're an awful lot more like you yeah. than you would ever realize because the same financial challenges that you face in an agency are almost identical. Uh, we we have revenue. We have to worry about profitability. We got to worry about the balance sheet and cash Who to flow. hire next? <laughs> we, got, we have to drive new business production. We have to Absolutely. consider the potential of retention loss. Yeah. Uh, those same big five that you face, we face. We face the same big five. So I hope you're ready for the floodgates, you guys, uh, because you're going to have are. people reaching out. Uh, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they want more information about the university, uh, about perhaps looking at uh, the agency CFO program if it's appropriate for their office? I'm actually going to give you our, we have a growth advisor, Kayla. She works with our agencies on their growth plans, their producer plans, their producer babe playbooks. She's our growth officer. It's Kayla, C-A-Y-L-A-C at rdadvisorygroup.com. Okay. And she is, she's taken it over. She's, she owns the process. She is the one you want to reach uh, to make those introductions. The other cool. thing, if you happen to be listening to this pre-IAOA, come see us at our booth. And this episode most likely will drop the third week of October. We have uh, this week and next week 
and then the following week uh, have already been put in. Uh, so we're looking at, if I have my calendar right here, uh, you're probably Freedom Jumper, uh, current or future. Uh, <laughs> you are most likely listening to this on the, um, the 15th of October, maybe the 22nd, but probably the 15th uh, of October. So. so come see us. We love to talk. And we're going to have Kayla will be there. You will meet her if you want to talk anything producer. We will have our uh, new CFO. We've added a CFO. His name is Jared. He's coming with us. So we're going to be the team of four experts and advisors. Come grab love us. We, we love to talk. <laughs> Yeah, so rdadvisorygroup.com is your website. Yep. Yes. And then Kayla, C-A-Y-L-A-C, at rdadvisorygroup.com. Uh, Don and Ro Polzinski, thank you so much for your time today. I got exactly what I expected to get from you guys, which is uh, just warm friendliness, a whole lot of good information, uh, and, and some tactical things for these agents to consider. Uh, because if you're not having the hard conversation, Freedom Jumper. If you're not investing in your agency, uh, if you are acting like an insurance agent instead of a business owner, mm -hmm. uh, now is the time to change that. Uh, so and that's really all I have to say here. Uh, check out RD Advisor Group. If that's something that makes sense uh, for you. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. I have the same three requests I have with every episode. Please subscribe and whatever platform you're listening to. Drop us a review if you like what you hear. And most importantly, share the Agency Freedom Podcast with a captive agent or a team member in your circle. We are changing lives. I got two messages on Facebook from people this week uh, that started listening to Agency Freedom Podcast as a captive agent, and they have made their freedom jump. Uh, so you tell me that warms my heart, man. I, I, absolutely. That is our why. That is why we do this because I'm not making any money off of you listeners out there. There will never be a pitch. There will never be a sell <laughs> where I am selling you something. And that is a promise. So thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, as we like to say around here, uh, Agency Freedom Podcast, we take our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We will talk to you soon. Thanks. <laughs>